I'm always excited about it. Love to preach, love the word of the Lord, love what it has to say, love finding new uh, truths and nuggets. And, uh, you know, no matter how often that we read it, there's always something that we see that we didn't see before. And that's always exciting. Today we're looking in the book of St. Matthew, chapter number 20. The book of Matthew, chapter number 20. We're going to begin reading with verse 1, read down and include verse number 16 this morning. The book of St. Matthew, chapter number 20, began reading with verse number 1. Jesus tells a story or gives a parable here. Jesus said, and he tells this story, The kingdom of heaven is like a, a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour, did the same thing, did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out again, and he found others standing idle, and he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? Their answer, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. They likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. <laughs> Not just my church members that complain saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. This morning I want to talk to you for a little bit about the kingdom of heaven. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord. It is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. Father, I understand and have proven, Lord, that if we, if we live by the word of the Lord, if we live by the principles of the word of God, our life will be enriched and blessed and better. Father, help us to understand the word of the Lord today. Let us receive it. Let us not only hear it, but let us become doers of what we hear today. For, for the glory of God, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, we established last Sunday that the kingdom of heaven is an upside-down kingdom. The Bible teaches us that in the kingdom of God, in God's kingdom, the way up is down. Heaven's kingdom works in reverse of man's kingdom. 
In order to please God, one must live his life totally opposite of what is taught by this world's me-centered philosophy. I want us to take a look at this picture of the kingdom of heaven as it was illustrated by Jesus in Matthew chapter 20. There are seven things that I find in this story. We're going to touch them quickly and go quickly this morning. But let me point out seven things that I see in this passage. And you can jump on board with an amen every once in a while. It'll help us out a little bit as well this morning. First thing I want us to discover this morning and I see here is the potential And that's found in verse number one. The potential said the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Jesus illustrates the kingdom of heaven by talking about a man that owned a vineyard. The grapes in his vineyard were ripe and ready for picking. He has the potential. He has a potential for an incredible harvest. I don't know about you this morning, but, but there's just something in my heart, something in my spirit today. I, I sense that, 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 that it's harvest time in the kingdom. Jesus said in John 4 and 35, he said, you do not say, he said, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Jesus said, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are already white for harvest. Jesus said, you say there's still four months and then the harvest. Jesus said, you say the the harvest is in the future. You say, well, we've got plenty of time. Oh, what's the rush? What's all the fuss about? There's no hurry. But Jesus said, I say that the fields are already white and ready for harvest. Jesus said, we better hurry up. We better gather in the harvest while there is time and opportunity because the harvest is white. That means it is overripe. That means the harvest is in danger of being lost. Did you know that the harvest is in danger of being lost today? And unless we get some laborers in the harvest, unless we get some people working for God, the the, the harvest, the harvest is going to be lost. Let me suggest to you this morning that no one should be idle in the time of harvest. Matthew 20 and verse 6, and by the way, there's fill in the blank sermon notes on the back of your bulletin that will help you this morning. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 6, and about the 11th hour, he went out and he found others standing idle, and he said to them, why have you been standing here all day idle? Here is this man, he, he, his grapes are ripe, they're plump, they're juicy, they're hanging from the vine. Uh, he knows that time is of the essence. He knows he only has a matter of time in order to get the harvest in. Oh, the potential for a harvest is absolutely incredible. Oh, he is in emergency mode now because he knows of the potential. And he says, why are you standing here idle? Listen, friend, our world is ripe and ready for the greatest harvest Ever. The potential is incredible. The second thing I see in this, in this parable that Jesus told, I see the process. And the process is found in verse 1 through 7. The kingdom of heaven, like a landowner, went out early in the morning hiring laborers for his vineyard. He agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, sends them into the vineyard. Bible said, verse 3, he went about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, said to them, you also go into the vineyard, whatever is right, I'll give you. So they went. 
Again, he went about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And then even the eleventh hour, at five o'clock in the evening, only one hour left to work. Yet at the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said, Nobody hired us. He said, Go, and whatever is right, you will receive. So here we find the owner of the vineyard going into the marketplace looking for laborers. There is a process that he is going through in order. He's got a great harvest. He's got a great potential, but, but it's only a potential now. Only if he uses a process, only if he can find some laborers, only if he can find some workers, can he get the crop off of the vine and into his barn. So he goes early before the sun even comes up. At 6 o'clock in the morning, he's out there in the marketplace looking for somebody to go to work, somebody to harvest his crop. Bible says he goes out about 9 a.m. About mid-morning, he goes out again. And then the Bible says he goes out at noon. The Bible says he goes back out at 3 o'clock. And then the Bible says at 5 o'clock with only one hour left in the working day, yet he goes one more time in search of laborers. Let me suggest to you that he asks no questions, he does no interviews, he checks no references, he takes no applications. Oh, anyone and everyone is invited to work. He understands that every minute counts and he's got to get the harvest in or it's going to ruin. I would suggest to you today that God is in the process of building his kingdom. Oh, and God is in the process of hiring workers. And let me tell you, friend, that God is more interested in availability than ability. Let me tell you, friend, there is a place for everyone in the kingdom of God. The question is this morning, are you available. See, he can teach you what you need to know. He can put you where he wants you. All he is looking for today is somebody to lift up their hand and say, here am I, Lord, send me. Amen. He's in the process today of looking for laborers. Oh, there's a great harvest that is waiting, but he's looking for laborers, and he's looking. I believe he's even looking in this place this morning, even even in this room this morning. The Lord is searching for somebody who will go to work in his vineyard. Are you available? Friend, New Bethel is a sending church. That's what we are all about. We are a sending church. We send missionaries around the world. We have about 85 missionaries that we support every single month. We'll soon go to 100 before the end of this year, 100 missionaries that we will be supporting before the end of this year. But I want to tell you, friend, I'm praying that God is going to send some of you. I'm praying God will send some of our own people into the harvest. Oh, I want God to send some of our own. And God has and God is. We have some of our own already. But I believe that even this day, I believe even today, God is going to call somebody to get involved in his harvest. The harvest is white. And he asks, will you get involved in my harvest? And then I find, number three, I find the promise. And that's found in verse 4. I love this. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. Notice the phrase, whatever is right. Say that with me. Whatever is right. The owner of the vineyard promised the laborers, if you will work in my vineyard, if you will harvest my crop, I will pay you what is right. 
Now, here's what I have learned after nearly 40 years of working in the vineyard of God. Almost 40 years full-time I have been working in the vineyard of the Lord. And here's what I have discovered and noticed in 40 years of working in God's vineyard. And that is God can be trusted. God can be trusted. And God will do right by you. Oh, friend, there's no doubt that man will disappoint you and man will lie, cheat, and steal from you and man will take advantage of you. But hear this preacher of truth today. God can be trusted to do right by you. God will be a debtor to no man. And the good thing about working in the kingdom of God, the good thing about working for the Lord is we get paid twice. We get double pay. Luke chapter 18 verse 29 and 30 said, He who works in the kingdom of God reaps in this life and eternal life. The fourth thing that I find in this, aren't you glad how quickly we're going this morning? We could slow down at any time. The fourth thing is I want us to notice the presumption, and that's found in verses 8 through 10. The presumption, so when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed, they what? They supposed that they would receive more. But they likewise received each a denarius. So when the workday ended, the laborers were then paid. And the laborers who had been hired at 5 p.m. and had only worked one hour were paid the amount that those who worked 12 long hours had been promised. So those that had worked 12 hours and they were there watching the others get paid who had only worked one hour, they got all excited. They began to suppose. They began to presume. Oh, they got all excited thinking that they're going to get more pay than what they had initially been promised. Because they presumed... They presume there's no way he's going to pay them the same amount as he pays us. They continue to presume. Wow, the harvest must have been much, much greater than the owner expected. And so now he is paying more than he promised. So they presume. Well, here's what I've learned after 57 years of living. It's not wise to presume. It's not wise to presume because what I presume to be so, most of the time it's not that way. And here's what the presumption was in this story. The presumption was that the owner would see with the same eyes as the workers. That was the presumption. That that the owner would see with the same eyes as the workers. But listen, friend, this is a foolish presumption. Because owners always have more information than the laborer. 
You know, people are quick to criticize the decisions of leadership. Problem is, the people never have the same information as the leader. And perhaps if, if, the, if the workers had the same information as the leader, the workers would make the same decision that the leader made. But they presume that it's a stupid and ridiculous decision, but they don't have all the facts. Well, I'll save that for later. Amen. We could build on that. The presumption was that the owner of the vineyard would see with the same eyes as the workers. And friend, as workers in the kingdom of God, we are often guilty of false assumptions. But let me tell you, friend, mark this down. God will never see things as we do. And we will never see things, at least not in this life, as God does. It is Impossible. One of my favorite verses, and I've got a thousand of them, but one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, where God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. God said, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, that's how far removed mine are from yours, and my thoughts from your thoughts. Well, let's go back to our text this morning now. Let me, let me say this this morning. Who knows what was really going on in the vineyard? Some men worked 12 hours, some nine, some six, some three, and some only one hour. But here's what I know. Not everyone that's at work is really working. Don't look around. You know, I've had people working for me that could be at work all day long, but at the end of the day, they had not produced any work. And I've had people who were on my job, and yet I caught them working for themselves or for someone else while they were on my job getting paid from me. Who knows what was really going on in this vineyard? And, and no doubt some who had worked only part of the day, perhaps they reaped more than those who were on the job all day long. And we all understand that not everyone is worth the same. And we also understand that some jobs pay more than other jobs. In America, we understand the supervisor gets paid more than the laborer. Love the old story of the two laborers that were working away. They were sweating and working and just, I mean, just working. They had calluses on their hands. There was sweat running down them. And, and they looked over. The supervisor was standing there with a cup of coffee in his hand doing nothing. One of the workers said to the other one, why in the world do we have to do all the work? And he gets more money. The worker said, I don't know. I'm fixing to find out. So he goes over and he asks the supervisor. He said, man, he said, we just need to know something. He said, how come we do all the work? All you do is stand around with a cup of coffee in your hand supervising us, but your pay is double hours. Why? Oh, he said, it's easy. It's intelligence. 
He said, intelligence? He said, what's that? He walked, he said, follow me. Then went over to a tree, put his hand, the supervisor put his hand up in front of the tree. He said, hey, I want you to hit my hand as hard as you can hit it. The guy, I don't want to hit, no. You rear back and you, you fire away. So, man, the laborer, he, you know, he loaded up and he swung as hard as he could. Well, of course, as soon as he did, well, the supervisor moved his hand. And the laborer busted his fist against the tree. He goes back to his friend, the other worker. The other worker said, did you find out how come we do all the work and he gets all the pay and doesn't do anything but stand around and supervise? He said, well, I sure did. So what is it? He said, it's, it's uh, intelligence. The other boy said, well, what is that? He said, just hit my hand. <laughs> I told you last week, if you pay better money, you'll get better jokes. Actually, we had a love offering at the end of the second service. It said, for better jokes. But if you don't think it's a very good joke, the offering was only 10 bucks. So that's all you get for 10 bucks. Amen. Put 1,000 in and see what you get. Come on, I'm just having fun with you this morning. The fifth thing that I find in this story is the protest. And it's found in verse 11 and 12. And when they had received it, they complained. They what? They complained against the landowner, saying, These men, these last men have worked only one hour. You have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Friend, man always protests what he doesn't understand. Amen? Man always protests what he doesn't understand. Friend, just because God doesn't play by our rules doesn't mean He is cheating. And just because what God is doing in our life at the moment doesn't seem right or fair to us does not mean that it is not. Because you see, man is always all concerned about how something is going to make him feel. God, on the other hand, is concerned with how something is going to mature and and how something is going to develop and how something is going to change man. One of my life verses is Romans 8 and 28. The Bible says God causes all things to work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according unto his purpose. I love to illustrate this verse like this. I've done it before, but it's been a long time, and many of you never heard it, so here we go this morning. But how many of you this morning like chocolate cake? How many of you ladies know how to make chocolate cake? I'm not talking about Betty Crocker. I'm not talking about getting a box and putting it in a bowl and putting some water or milk and stirring it up. I'm talking about from scratch. How many of you ladies can make a chocolate cake from scratch? Well, we love chocolate cake, but let's look at the ingredients. Somebody real quickly, i got to hurry this morning, but give me an ingredient of chocolate cake. What? Cocoa. Oh, man. Don't you just love cocoa? How many of you just like to have a big old mouth full of cocoa right now? No, cocoa is bitter, isn't it? It's sharp. It's bitter. I don't want any cocoa all by itself. What else we got? We got flour. Oh, yeah. Woo! You know what? Every morning, man, I just like to pour me a big old bowl of flour and just eat it, man. There's nothing like eating a big old bowl of flour, right? No, nobody wants to eat flour by itself. What else? Eggs. Oh, there we go. I like mine sunny side up, right? Is that the way you do it? Oh, raw? Well, if you're Rocky Balboa, you might want to chug a lug a couple of raw eggs, but I don't think there's probably anybody here today that 
wants to eat raw eggs. What else is in there? What? Huh? Hot sauce? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> no comprendo. <laughs> Somebody else, help me out here. What else? Sugar. Oh, yeah, sugar. There's a good one. Amen. Oh, I remember when I was a little bitty kid, man, I loved sugar. And Mama always had the sugar bowl out on the, on the table. I remember many, many times as a little bitty boy going through the, through the kitchen, I lick my finger and dig down in that sugar bowl and get me some sugar. Don't you wish you had sugar out of my sugar bowl? Amen. Well, sugar's pretty good in a cup of coffee or tea or however you like it. It's good as a, to add to whatever, but I doubt there's anybody, unless it's a little bitty kid today, that wants to eat very much sugar this morning. What else? Oh, a little salt. Nobody wants a mouthful of salt. What else? I think you got to put some oil of some kind, shortening or oil of some kind. Oh, doesn't that sound enticing? Doesn't that sound wonderful? No, no, no. Oh, what else? We got to have some butter, don't we? Oh, man, how many like a big, have a big old, big old bite of butter? What am I saying? Let me tell you something. There's not even one ingredient in a chocolate cake that in and of itself is good. It's good. But let, how many understand that you take all of these ingredients, put them all together in a big old bowl, stir them all up, and then spread them out in a pan, then put them over over here in the oven, put the oven about 300, 350, I'm guessing, don't correct me, and we'll leave it in there for how long we're going to leave it there, uh, Allison? About 50 minutes, and then you know what, after 50 minutes, the timer goes off, and we pull it out, and whoa, chocolate cake, and besides Mexican food, there's hardly anything that tastes any better than chocolate cake. The Bible says that God causes all things to work together for good. He didn't say they were all good. He said he says that he causes all things to work together for good. Some of the things that we go through in life taste like a big old mouthful of butter. Feels like a big old mouthful of, uh, uh, of, of uh, help me out here, uh, uh, salt or whatever. Not, you know, it's not really in, good in and of itself, but the Bible says that God causes all things. And so he takes the good and the bad and the ugly in our life and he puts it all together and he stirs it all up and he spreads it out and then he puts us in the oven. But when God takes us out of the oven, voila, chocolate cake. Give the Lord a shout of praise in his house today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, much of what we protest in our lives, much of what we blame on Satan, God is using to prepare us to be workers in his kingdom. I'm talking about the protest right now. Man always protests what he does not understand. But though we may not understand it, yet God is able to use it and work it all out for his glory and our benefit. The 12-hour the 12 workers in this story, they just didn't understand the pay scale of the vineyard owner. And then the sixth thing, let's talk about real quickly this morning. Let's talk about the principle. The principle, it's found in verse 13 through 15. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own thing? What is the principle of this story? It's this. The kingdom of heaven is opposite the earthly kingdom. It's an upside down kingdom. And in this kingdom, God is in charge. And in this kingdom, God does as he pleases. Let me tell you, friend, it is his bat and his ball, and he makes the rules. And everything belongs to him. 
And if he wants to bless somebody, he blesses somebody. If he wants to take something away from somebody, he does it. It's his stuff. Proverbs 21 and 1 says, The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. Directed by who? Directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7. For exaltation comes neither from the east, it doesn't come from the west, it doesn't come from the south. What is he saying? Exaltation, promotion doesn't come from man. He continues, but God is the judge. He puts down one and he lifts another up. Philippians 2 and 13, if you need a New Testament verse, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Whose pleasure? In Psalm 135 and 6, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in earth. So what is the principle in this story about the kingdom of heaven? The principle is God is in charge. That being said, it is a good thing that God is in charge. How many of you are glad this morning that God is in charge? Hosea chapter 14 and verse 9 says, For the ways of the Lord are right. Oh, we may not be able to understand God's ways. We might not even agree uh, with God's ways sometimes, but the truth is God's ways are right. And in this parable in Matthew 20, some of the workers didn't agree with the owner's method of payment. They thought that it wasn't fair for them to uh, bear the heat of the day, to work 12 full hours, and yet in the end to get paid the same amount as those that only worked one hour. But friend, in reality, the owner was not being unfair with them because he paid them what he agreed to pay them. If they didn't want to work for this amount, they didn't have to agree to this amount. Let me just interject this. Let me just hit this and run, but stop griping and bellyaching about your pay at work. You agreed to it. Well, we'll just move on. That went over really, really good. Hey, if they didn't want to work for this amount, they didn't have to agree to this amount. The money belonged to the owner, not to the workers. He, as the owner and the one in possession of the money, could rightly do with his money whatever he wanted to do. But here's the good part this morning. Let me tell you, friend, God isn't just fair. He's better than fair. He's better than fair. He is merciful and he is full of grace. I don't know about you this morning, but I don't want God to be fair with me. Why should I settle for fair when he has promised me mercy? Why should I settle for fair when he has promised me grace? Fair means I get what I deserve. I don't want what I deserve. If I get what I deserve, I would never get blessed. If I get what I deserve, I will go to hell because my sins would send me to hell. Who wants the principle of fairness when God has promised us something much, much better than fairness? He has promised us, amen, mercy and grace. Grace, he gives us what we do not deserve. These men who only worked one hour received the same pay as those that worked for 12 hours. Oh, the men that worked 12 hours, they were grumbling and complaining. How many know that the people, the men that had only worked one hour, they were not grumbling or complaining. They were glad. They were glad the owner wasn't treating them with the principle of fairness. Oh, they were glad to receive some mercy and receive some grace. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to treat me with fairness. But I'm thankful for his mercy and I'm thankful for his grace today. 
Let me ask you this morning quickly, how do you want God to treat you on judgment day? Do you want God to be fair with you? Or do you want God to give you some mercy and some grace? Ooh, that's good. I wish I had all day to preach that. Let's, let's finish this up. Number seven. We've got other business to do this morning. Amen. The seventh thing I find in this story is the promotion. And it's found in verse number 16. Jesus said, so the last is going to be first and the first are going to be last. Let me tell you, friend, God is always at work. God is always at work in our lives. And nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing ever catches him off guard. He knows what he's doing. He wastes nothing in our life. He hasn't forgotten about us. And he doesn't work on man's timetable. Second Peter 3 and 8 says, Beloved, do not forget this. With the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. But let me hasten to say that although God never gets in a hurry, yet he can do things quickly when he wants. God is not in a hurry, but he can do things quickly when he wants. I've suggested this to you before. If you haven't done it, you need to do a Bible study on the word suddenly. The word suddenly, it's incredible. This word suddenly appears several times in Scripture. And although God never gets in a hurry, He does act suddenly sometimes. And I believe I need to encourage somebody. Somebody here needs to hear this next moment this morning. I want to encourage somebody here today. Let me tell you today, God can get you to where He has promised you and He can do it suddenly. Think about the workers in this story. The workers had been overlooked all day long. Yes, they had. Oh, when the, when, when the landowner is chastising, he's chastising these men at 5 o'clock for not being active. And he says, why are you standing here all day idle? They said, because nobody hired us. They had been there. They were there at 6. They were there at 9. They were there at noon. They were there at 3. They were there all day long. But every single time they were there, they were overlooked. Every single time they got overlooked. Perhaps they had got to the point where they were moaning and groaning and singing the blues. Oh, everybody else is getting hired and we are not getting hired. Why? Is there something wrong with us? It's not fair. Why are we not getting hired? And then suddenly, suddenly when they had lost all hope of being hired, suddenly and why should they have any hope because they had stood there for 11 hours and been overlooked several times but suddenly out of nowhere here he is again suddenly they're hired but not only are they hired oh but after only one hour of work now they are paid as though they had worked 12 Oh, somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this today. Listen, friend, God has not forgotten about you. Oh, it seems like God has overlooked you. He's blessing everybody else but you. Oh, he's using everybody else but you. I'm telling you, suddenly, suddenly God is going to appear. Suddenly God's going to place his hand upon you. Suddenly God's going to bring you up. Suddenly God's going to exalt you. Suddenly God's going to open a door for you. Suddenly God's going to do something for you. I'm telling you, God, amen, is at work today in your life. And just hang on and keep showing up and keep volunteering and God is going to do what he promised to do you see many who prosper early in life don't continue to prosper late and many who struggle early in life prosper late in life and friend many who appear to be in first place in this life is going to be at the end of the line on judgment day and the judgment seat of Christ is going to be a real eye-opener. 
talking about the promotion right now. God can promote us suddenly. But the God that can promote suddenly can also demote suddenly. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord today. God, I thank you, Lord, that we have an awesome and incredible opportunity, Lord, to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we can be a member of the kingdom, and also we can be a worker in the kingdom.